Hey everybody, this is Matthew Soltysiak and you're listening to Not The Same Old Lions Podcast. Using my sportscasting background, I speak with a variety of guests and interview key players to gain more insight on what makes this team go. As the Detroit Lions enter a new gritty era, we'll look beyond just the kneecaps when it comes to the analysis. Welcome to another episode. In this episode, we take a look at the NFC North Champions Detroit Lions Week 17 game against the Dallas Cowboys. We break down the 20-19 to final score, and we talk about the two-point conversion and what it all means for the Lions. As usual, we'll discuss what went well, the pivotal moments in the game and concerns, as well as takeaways and any other major storylines coming out of this contest. Let's get to it, Lions fans. Hey everyone, this is Lomas Brown, and you're listening to Not the Same Old Lions Podcast. I'm joined today by James Cook, senior sports writer for the Traverse City Record Eagle. You can also hear him on the Get Around Podcast. It drops on Mondays. James, it's good to have you here, even if this isn't isn't going to be the most uh, uplifting uh, episode we've ever done. Well, there's not all bad things that come out of this. There seems to be an exceptional outpouring of support for the Detroit Lions all across the NFL landscape, aside from in Dallas, pretty much, and maybe a little bit in San Francisco. Uh, like pretty much everybody seems to be taking Detroit's side in this. It's like, like I just, I tweeted just a little bit ago. I'm like, Hey, Dallas, the refs made the lions America's team. Sorry. I, I did see that. And I appreciate that. And I think there, there are some really good things to take out of this. And as we get into it, a reminder to the listeners, please hit that subscribe and like button. It's helping us build momentum. And uh, But, but we, we've got to tackle that big thing first. That's what everybody's looking at, everyone's talking about. And then we'll get to those other things. And uh, I've got to say, James, I mean, you've been a Lions fan as long as I have. You have to have believed you've seen everything over the years, that you just couldn't see something new. Yet here we are. And here's Coach Dan Campbell right after the game. I don't want to talk about it. All right. I explain everything pregame to a T. Okay, I did that. 70 reported, 58 didn't, or 68 didn't. We threw it to 68. That was the explanation. And I told the offense that we were, we were going down 141 left. We're going to go down to score, and then we're going to go for two and finish this game out. I told them that, and so that's what we were doing. Now, James, Campbell did not mince his words. He said he went over it with the officials before the game. He had confidence in his offense to go down and score. I don't ever recall seeing Campbell this upset. He was agitated. He even apologized to another reporter for not wanting to take it out on him. And so let's start with that two-point conversion. It's the biggest storyline of the game. What is your thought on this? Uh, well, I mean, it was a, it's a great play design. They've, they've thrown the ball to Taylor Decker a couple times over the last few years, and it's, and it's worked well. So all the people saying that, oh, well, if the Cowboys had known he was eligible, the play might not have worked. Well, it has every time they've run it. Um, so, you know, the, the video evidence seems to counteract everything that Brad Allen said after the game, which was that Skipper came to him and reported and Decker did not like he just I'm assuming he just got it mixed up and assumed that Skipper reported because Skipper had reported so many times and has over the course of the season that he just figured, oh, if somebody's reporting it's Skipper and and just absentmindedly relayed that to the 
to the PA and to the Cowboys. And, you know, I agree with that. And, and, you know, if you look, Steve Mariucci did a great job and Rex Ryan of explaining the process, how they talked to the officials before the game. Mariucci and Kurt Warner broke it down on tape. Um, it was also broken down last night on SportsCenter. And so th- there was a lot that went into this. I agree that uh, the Lions did everything right. I mean, if you listen to Dan, Jared, and Taylor after the game, all three of them had the same story. It's not like they got together and made this thing up. Yeah, which was essentially what, what Brad Allen, in you know, he had to do a press conference after the game and talk to the media, which essentially he threw the Lions under the bus and, and called them liars and said, no, Skipper reported and Decker did not, where the video pretty um, pretty much says the exact opposite happened of what he said. Well, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's a pool reporter from Dallas that just fields the, throws the questions out. I, I don't want these mm-hmm. politician-like answers from Brad Allen because I, I want follow-up questions. I want more specifics uh, because I think that's that's what's required. And we've said a few weeks back, the NFL has an officiating problem that needs to get fixed. And I'm not normally faulting calls made in real time. Those can get cleaned up because these are by human beings. But this was different. It was during a stoppage of play. And so it's a different thing. It's a different situation. It's very frustrating that this happened. Um, I I don't know. I I would love it if Sheila or Rod would come out and say something or Brad um, because change only happens when these people get out and and make a point about it. But I I don't know that that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see the Lions necessarily doing that. If they did, great. Uh, You know, I figured if they did at all, it would be Campbell doing it last night in the post-game press conference when that didn't happen i figured the lions aren't going to do it but um some of the like the espn talking heads did it for them this morning in the in the morning shows and took the nfl officiating to task and said there needs to be changes um there's there's been a big push for this for years um you know and i I know lions fans think this only happens to them um but if you watch other games it happens to a lot of teams the, the officiating in the nfl is subpar and they're never going to get everything right. But, uh, you know, the object is to get as many right as possible and make it so that the ones that you get wrong are correctable. Well, and uh, I believe it was even uh, Adam Schefter said that he believes this crew is going to be downgraded from this game. So that right there says if they think that's going to happen, it tells you they think something went wrong. But en- enough on this part, because, you know, there's there's a lot of other great video evidence out there. You really need to check it out. Again, if you check out Mariucci or um, Breaking It Down um, or Rex Ryan's Defending What Happened, th- those were some great, great insights from former NFL head coaches, one of which a former Detroit Lions head coach. So, James, you, you are right. You said it earlier. There is some stuff to like about what we saw. All right. Um, I'm going to start with the fact that we played some defense in Dallas. And really, there's only one really bad play, and that was not wrapping up that sack in the end zone. But our defense was solid. I don't care what C.D. Lamb's numbers were. Hutchinson had three sacks if he had a nice interception. We held Dallas to 61 yards rushing, and we gave up 20 points against the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was um, an excellent defensive effort, I think. You know, yeah, you can point to C.D. Lamb's thing but but what 92 yards of that was on one play where um where Barnes let up I'm gonna guess because he thought that 
Prescott was in the motion of throwing the ball and he was going to get called for roughing if he hit him. Um, and then it ended up just being a pump fake. And then Prescott moved up and, and found uh, CD lamb, you know, there. And, and even if that, if you look at the end part of that play, lamb pushed lamb extends his arm backwards and gets a little bit of a push off on Vildor and then Vildor falls down. And that's why it's such an easy wide open touchdown. I don't know that it was enough to call offensive pass interference, but there was some definite contact and he put his arm out and touched the, touch the defender. And then the defender yeah, that sure didn't hurt. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's go to the third quarter. That's something else I want to point out as a good thing. The lions forced Dallas to go three and out. And then the lions outscored him seven to three in the quarter. And that may have been the best third quarter. I've seen the lions play. Yeah, coming out and having a good third quarter it was was big. There's there's a lot of good things to take from this from this. Playing well on the road, playing well in a prime time game, playing the best game that any team has given Dallas at at home this season. They haven't played a close game at home yet this season. So just just those three things. Uh, you know, Jared Goff, you know, playing pretty decently on the road. I mean, the the interceptions. Um. Were not great, um, but the one was caused by pressure. Um, the the first one was definitely caused by pressure to had, had him throwing the ball early on that screen. Um, the offensive line struggled a little bit early. Yeah, we'll get into that that concern in just a moment. Going back to those Jared Goff interceptions, they they were interceptions, but they weren't easy, high flying over the middle floaters. So uh, I'm going to say that Jared Goff did play okay. He played well at, at moments. And the Lions won the time of possession. I think that's always big. They didn't win it by much, um, but they went into Dallas. I honestly don't really care a whole lot about the stats in this game. I I care about the fact that they went into Dallas and they did something to Dallas nobody else has done. And they, they handled them. And that should give every Lions fan encouragement for the postseason and what this team is made out of. And so uh, that's how I'm feeling about that. A lot of great things. But let, let's go to that offensive line. The offense struggled to get in a rhythm. What did you see early on? Well, you had, you had the uh, what the the false start on Glasgow. You had a couple of, I don't know. I wrote down in my in my notes here, and the, the word that keeps coming up repeatedly is whiffs. A lot of missed blocks. Um, a lot of missed blocks early on. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Glasgow whiffed one. Laporta missed a bad one. Um, and then, uh, which led to them having to punt. Um, so early on, they seemed to fix that, though. Um, even even the Laporta stuff, they stopped um, having him do the wham block um, in motion, and had him do it from stopping and then sliding in on, for for the wham block on a, usually on a tackle. Um, so because him doing it in motion just didn't seem to be very effective. He missed twice. Yeah, that definitely uh, stunted the offense early on. I want to throw one good thing back out to the defense. The defense kept the Lions in this game when the offense wasn't going. And so that that was big. And, you know, we talked about Jared Goff having those two picks as, you know, they weren't the worst things, but you kind of knew Dallas had to know the Lions were going to be throwing those out passes. And so you had to be extra careful about that. Um, again, those were amazing plays by the Cowboys um, to get those interceptions. Um, but you know, that, those are my concerns for this. Um, any other concerns you want to throw out there? 
Um, I mean, CeeDee Lamb having that big of a game obviously is is a concern. But you've if you've seen the Cowboys much this season, you know that they've been tearing uh, secondaries up on a weekly basis. Sorry. They've been tearing safe, uh, defenses up on a weekly basis, and it doesn't really matter who. Um, so I don't know if that that is necessarily a, a fault of the Lions as much as that the 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 Cowboys have an, an incredible passing game. Yeah, that makes sense. And you know, I, I would have liked to maybe see the running game get going earlier. It did get going in the second half, though. And and again, that was because of the blocking. And, and so I think that directly affected things. Let's look at some turning points in the game. The first one we've kind of talked about the ninety-two yard pass. Right, it, it should have been a safety. Barnes should have wrapped him up. The Lions would have been up five-zero instead of down seven to three. So that's a big one. I also think if you look in the second quarter, Dallas is driving. CeeDee Lamb fumbles it out of the end zone. I believe it was Vildor making the play on him. That was a nice change of events that, you know, I hate that rule. I, I think that rule should change. Uh, I've actually finally saw it work for the Lions. Um, but that was a big play as well. Th- those are a couple of real pivotal moments in the game. Yeah, both of those were um, for sure. I think I, I think those were probably the two biggest ones of the game outside of the two-point conversion call. Um, and, the other one that helped the Lions was that fake punt um, that uh, Jalen Reeves-Mabin threw a 30-yard pass to Dorsey. Like, you're sitting there like, no way. Is a linebacker throwing a 30-yard pass? And so that helped them keep the drive going. Uh, but then on fourth and goal from the five, the Lions don't get in, so it doesn't result to points. But it did help change the field position. Yeah, true. And that was a nice throw, too. I yeah, mean, it was. I mean, I mean, he lofted it. It was a nice spiral. I mean, it, it was a perfect throw. I wonder how many times they had been working on that. So let's uh, let's uh, go over then to the major storylines. We talked about the big two point conversion and the frustration with the officials. Let's talk about some of the uh, the other talking points that come out of that. One is, well, you didn't get it on first down. It's a five yard penalty. Should you just kick the extra point? There's a lot of criticism on some of the play calling right there. Uh, I will tell you if you look at the replay. On the second attempt, when when uh, Micah Parsons is offsides, if Goff does not get hit on that throw, he completes that pass to Khalif Raymond in the back of the end zone for a successful two-point conversion. So it would have been successful. Then they get closer and they go for it again. And if that ball is just a yard, maybe a yard and a half up and over, Mitchell can make that and dive in. It wasn't. It was off just by a little bit. But a lot of people are criticizing, why don't you just kick the extra point right there and play for overtime. What are your thoughts, James? Um, I think the, the most likely answer is that um, Campbell is a former player and realizes that the players never want to play overtime. <laughs> That's <laughs> a possibility. Want, the players, I mean, it's a brutal enough game. And by the end of 60 minutes, they're ready for the game to be over and the players don't want overtime. So, and they had a chance to do it. You know, the Lions from two or three yards out have been pretty good this season. So, uh, you know, go for the win on the road. And 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 that's, I think that's the reasoning behind Campbell's decision. Well, and I also think there's a couple of things. One, it's not a playoff game. So that does make it a little bit different situation where the whole season doesn't come down to one play. 
Um, mm-hmm. I also think it's part of the aggressive nature of Dan Campbell and, and those who are going to applaud him for that fake punt have to understand the whole situation. And the situation is, like you said, you're on the road and there's certain times to take calculated risks and make certain decisions. And it wasn't like they were far away from completing each of these. They completed the first one, nearly had the second one, and that third one just fell short of James Mitchell. So here we are. Let's look at the big picture here. The Cowboys stay undefeated at home, but you know what? The Lions had two great road games. Right, They went into Minnesota, a team that was fighting for the NFC North. We won the division there. And then we went into Dallas, and we did something that no one's done, as we said earlier. And even though we didn't get the win, we played a game that makes everybody think or realize how real the Lions are. So even though we didn't win, James, what takeaways do you think the Lions can have as a team coming out of this? And where does it leave them uh, just as a team? Well, I think that this game can totally serve as a as a huge motivator going into the playoffs too. Um, you know, and Campbell is totally going to use this as as chalkboard material. You know, um, and uh, so I think they'll have that. Um, I, I think it it does get some of the uh, the national media has kind of gravitated back to the Lions after kind of kind of peeling off a little bit after they had that little rough start and, and weren't blowing teams out like they were earlier in the season. Um, so the, the, I think the national media narrative is a little bit back in their favor. And, you know, if they meet the Cowboys again in the playoffs, man, are they going to have some motivation? And hopefully you were like, man, we really need to look at this game close and make sure we get it right. <laughs> I, I agree with that. Cause that's the thing. Campbell put the the ball in the hands of his players to go win the game, and they did it. And it, it felt like it was just stolen from them. And, and it was, again, nothing that they did. It wasn't like they didn't make the play. They made it. And so I think it, it proves to them, I mean, there's no moral victories here, but you know that they can go into Dallas and win a game. And, and you know, they almost did. They should have. Um, I know there would have been a few seconds left on the clock, like 23 seconds, so you don't know what would have happened. But to not have the chance to do that is frustrating. And I think you're exactly right. Dan Campbell's going to take that frustration and turn it into motivation. And that's what he does. And you know what? I also think, and we're going to probably talk about this in the next week or two and see how things go, but the type of players they have on this squad are the type of players that are going to respond. And they're not going to crumble from this, but it's just going to make them that much tougher and you know, maybe have that chip on their shoulder, if you will. And you know, I think... The big frustration for me is the Lions, if they win their first playoff game, are not likely to have a second one at home. It could happen. People have put some scenarios out there. But uh, I do think the Lions, it's going to be real interesting the the next two weeks, the next week and a half for this squad and what things look like against that Vikings team in the final week of the season. Yeah. Um, you also, in the playoffs, you're, but the, the places that they're going to maybe go for the playoffs would be San Francisco, which is good weather, Dallas, which is indoors, and Philadelphia, which, I mean, where everybody up here is having a pretty mild winter. So the weather is not going to be horrible there either. So, and the Lions have shown they can go on the road and play these big teams and, and play them well. They beat Kansas City on the road. Uh, they, they, beat the Dallas Cowboys really on the road. 
Um, and in the playoffs, they're not going to get Brad Allen's crew because the other part of that uh, Adam Schefter report was that the NFL is not going to allow that crew into the playoffs. That is true. That's true. I just I want I want Dallas to come to Ford Field. We keep going to Dallas. We go to Jerry's World. Well, come to Ford Field and and let's see how things go. That's what I want. That's what Lions fans want. And so, uh, yeah. And you know what? It, it is too bad because it does change the complexion of the NFC seeding. And, and looking at that right now, the Lions are likely going to be the number three seed. And there's a very good chance they will face the Rams or they could face Seattle if the Rams were to lose one and Seattle was to win out. There's a lot of other things that can happen. We'll, have to, we'll see what happens over the rest of Week 17 uh, to set things up for Week 18. But let's, uh, let's look at a couple other things. Let's look at uh, Jamison Williams and Sam Laporta. I have not heard anything official, but well, we all know Jamison Williams left the game injured after that big play and did not return. Sam Laporta looked like he got banged up in the game, and there was at least one reporter who said they saw both of those guys walking with a little bit of a limp after the game. Have you heard anything? I have not really um, on the on the injury report, um, but but um, with Jamison Williams, when he walked off, he walked off under his own power. So um, I'm thinking it's I don't know. It seemed like he was kind of maybe just like flexing his hand. So it seemed like it could be maybe a hand thing. Uh, you know, jammed finger or something, something like that. I thought that. it was but an ankle thing. It could be. He didn't seem to be walking funny though when you when he walked to the sideline or walked to the medical tent. Um, but it, it it also didn't seem like anything. Uh, just by his body language, major. Well, that that's a great point right there, right? He was walking off. He was walking around. Both of them were. So, so that's encouraging right there. Um, those are a couple things I want to watch closely because those guys. Those guys are difference makers on the offense, along with St. Brown and the running backs. Um, the Lions have been making some roster adjustments. Jason Cabinda was activated, then waived. That made room for kicker Mike Badgley. Um, the Lions have done a lot of elevating from the practice squad and playing that game. Um, it did cost them linebacker Trevor Nowoski. He was claimed by Arizona off of waivers earlier in the week. And Riley Patterson, who Mike Badgley replaced, he played in Cleveland. They picked him up. He pointed out he did miss an extra point, but they did win the game. Um, and then we're looking at C.D. Deuce. He is close to returning. Most signs are saying he's coming back next week. Aleem McNeil traveled with the team for the first time this week. He could be back in a week or so. Um, and he said his, he was training like it was the offseason. So he, he expects to be a little bit refreshed and, and rested, but also thinks there could be some rust. And so, and then James Houston's practice window is open. So there's going to be a lot of shuffling around of uh, some different players uh, going forward. Um, any thoughts on any of those, those mentions? Yeah. And adding those three pieces into that defense is just going to give Aaron Glenn a lot more uh, flexibility and things to be able to, to shuffle around, uh, you know, putting James Houston on the other side is just going to, it's just going to free up Hutchinson so much more. The, the teams can't get a chip black block on him all the time or double team him. They're going to have to leave him one on one. The Lions can move him back and forth between right and left a lot more, like they did last season, and, and play matchups. And uh, and then CD Deuce gives him just another safety. I mean, uh, you know, had he been healthy today, he would have probably been the guy covering Lamb most of the time. Because Lamb plays mostly out of the slot, um, that's why you know you saw a lot of Brian Branch on him um, in this game. 
Um, but uh, they did move him around quite a bit, though, as Lamb, as far as. Uh, so it was a whole matchup of different players covering him at different times. Um, and then Lee McNeil is just a, a a monster in the middle that that helps them. And their run defense has been great even without him. And you add him back in there, and it's going to get even better. Well, I agree on all those things. And James, coming into this game, people were asking me what I expected. And I said, I'm not expecting the Lions to beat the Cowboys, but I think they can beat the Cowboys because this was arguably one of their toughest games of the season, especially the way Dallas developed as a home team. But the Lions went in there and showed they can play. And they showed really well. So I am really optimistic and excited for this Lions team as we head into the final week of the season. It'll be interesting to see the game plan for next week. And then I, I'm i just ready to see Ford Field for week one of the playoffs. Do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here, James? Um, no, I mean, well, one thing I guess that's kind of stood out is uh, the difference in Jared Goff between when he's rushed and when he's not. If If the line provides him time, he will pick defenses apart. If if he's rushed, that's when the interceptions come. That's when both of the interceptions against Dallas came was when he was under pressure. Um, so the Lions have to have to fix up that blocking and I think go maybe with some more two tight end sets um, a little bit more and uh, maybe more of the skipper as the sixth lineman um, even than we've seen and and just keep him with a clean pocket and he will dissect defenses. Yeah, I mean, we saw that in the final drive of the game where that's the other thing I love about Jared Goff is he doesn't give up. He's seen the highs and the lows, and he knows how to stay even keel. And he went right down the field in like a minute and 21 seconds or a minute and 18 seconds to get that touchdown, hitting Laporta, hitting St. Brown. I mean, just making the plays. And yeah, Got to give the guy a little bit of time. He had a couple sidesteps where he had a couple nice moves where he did throw, but he is significantly better when he's not under pressure. I think that's probably true of most quarterbacks, but especially true of Jared Goff. Well, James, week 17 is in the books. We didn't expect it to go quite this way, but that's the way the cookie crumbles, as they say. So let's get out of here, and uh, I will see you next week. Sounds good. Thank you so much for tuning in, folks. You can find all the episodes at notthesameoldlions.com. If you're listening on YouTube, please hit the like button. While you're at it, tell your friends about the show. Please subscribe regardless of your listening platform. Until next time, stay gritty, my friends.